Parashas Matos begins with a description of the Halachas of Nadarim. Now on the one hand, one might think, what would convince a person, motivate them to make a nether? There might be a number of reasons. But I would venture to suggest that if we're talking about the Dorim where a person is coming to forbid himself something, a person is coming to take extra restrictions on himself. And if that's the case, for a lot of the cases of the Nadarim, definitely something like Nazirus, for example, a person takes on himself to be a Nazir, which is also in the category of Nadarim, the, motiva- the motivating factors were good. A person really intended to improve, they really hoped to curb a bad meta or to overcome a certain negative character trait by the compulsion of a nether. And yet we find in the Gemara that Chazal don't look so favorably as Nadarim. They don't admire the person who decided to forbid something on themselves which they didn't have to. They don't accept, so to speak, unfailingly that it's a good thing to make a nether. In fact, exactly the opposite. The, the Gemara brings opinions of the Tanoim with It's better not to make nether. And we need to understand why. So before that, I'd like to share with you a Gemara on a pasuk in this week's parasha. One of the halachas of the Nadarim is if a lady makes a commitment binding on herself. The halacha is that her husband has a veto right. And the day he hears about the nether that she accepted upon herself, the commitment she made, he has the right to mevatel that nether, to annul it. And if that's the case, the nether is not binding. But Talacha goes a stage further. The husband doesn't have to tell the wife that he annulled her nether. Just the fact that when he found out when he found out about it, he said it's mufar, it's annulled, it's cancelled. So the nether is cancelled even without her knowledge of that effect. And on this, the Gemara comments. It's a Gemara in Kiddushin on Daf base. It's also a Gemara in Nazir and Daf and the Gemara says in this pasuk that Isha Haferim, her husband annulled her vow. And therefore it comes out there really wasn't a vow. But Vashem Yislachda. And Hashem will forgive her. And on that the Gemara comments. And it says, Rabbi Akiva, Ki Havimoti Havibachi. Rabbi Akiva, when he used to reach this pasuk, he used to cry. Omar, and he said, Somebody who had intended to do an Avera. This lady who had made a commitment on herself of a Nazir, and thereafter went and broke her commitment. She drank wine or she was metame to a dead person. And therefore, for all intents and purposes, she thought she had broken her nether. Unbeknownst to her, her husband had found out and battled the nether, so in reality it didn't really exist. But nevertheless, the Pasuk says, Hashem needs to forgive her. 
somebody who thought they were doing an Avera. But it actually turns out that they had not done an Avera. But we don't look at that as well. What tremendous Yatadishmai they let off scot free? No, Vashem They still need to be forgiven. So on that Rebbe Kiva says, if a person intended to do an Avera, Someone intended to do an Avera and actually does do an Avera needs Truva even more. So when Rabbi Akiva used to reach this Pasuk, it moved him to tears. And the Gemara brings a second Pasuk also, which had a similar effect on Rabbi Akiva, which also moved him to tears. And the Gemara says in the Pasuk, on, which says a person did something and didn't realize he had done an Avera. Vilayada, he didn't know, but for Ashram he actually did something wrong. He was guilty. And the Pasuk says, Vinasa Avoinoi. He is responsible to carry the, the burden of the Avera. And here too the Gemara says, When Rabbi Akiva reached his Pasuk, he used to cry. And the person who thought he was doing something which was okay. He was eating a fat which was permitted. But what happened is, He landed up actually eating something which was also to eat. And the Torah says, The Torah says he carries the burden of the Avera. But if that's the case, Somebody who thought he was eating Chalev and actually did, they didn't just do an Avera by mistake. They intended to do the Avera and they managed to do the Avera. Needs to even more. And on this, the Gemara finishes, Isi ben Yehuda, one of the Merayim, said, Al-Dovar Anybody who is going to be concerned, anybody who is going to be worried, should be worried about this. This Gemara is an extremely strange Gemara. There are many questions we can ask. Let's ask them one at a time. Deal with each one individually. The first one, is what was Rabbi Akiva moved to tears by these two halachas? The fact that a person intended to do something wrong and didn't, the case of the lady who had made a nether and broken her commitment, even though she didn't realize her husband had actually annulled the nether. And the case of a person who didn't realize they were doing something wrong, but they did and they need to be, they need kachuba for that, they need kapara for that. What was it about these two things that moved Rabbi Akiva to tears? And why specifically these two Rabbi Akiva? Similarly, Isi ben Yehuda Namura, who comes on the second dinner of Akiva said, and this is something which everyone should worry about. What does he mean to add by that? What's the significance of that comment? So regarding Rabbi Akiva, there are those who explain that Rabbi Akiva was thinking back to two incidents in his own life. Two times that the Gemara tells us Rabbi Akiva did something which wasn't 100% perfect. The first story is a story in the Gemara Kedushin itself on the previous page. And the Gemara says that Rabbi Akiva used to make fun of people who succumbed to the Yetzirah. He felt that it wasn't something too much to expect a person to overcome his uh, tendencies, his physical urges, and therefore somebody who was weak, 
for someone to go into the Yetzirah. And the Yetzirah, being a spiritual force, wanted to show Rabbi Akiva that it really does have ability. It really is powerful. And therefore the Gemara says that the Yetzirah appeared to Rabbi Akiva in the form of a beautiful woman on the top of a palm tree. Rabbi Akiva happens to notice and it's not a physical beauty. It's something which the Yetzahara has created which is able to entice even Rabbi Akiva. But was on top of, she was on top of a palm tree. And therefore Rabbi Akiva starts to climb the tree. Now we recognize a palm tree. It's not an easy tree to climb. There are no handholds or footholds. It's just one smooth, so to speak, trunk right up to the top. And you can imagine all the passerby who see this palm tree and see the god Laddar Rabbi Akiva with his frack and his humbug busy trying to climb a tree. And I'm sure there is tremendous consternation, surprise. Why is Rabbi Akiva the god climbing a tree? And then they look up to see what's on top of the tree and they see the form of the Yetzirah which has shown itself in the form of a beautiful woman. We can imagine the embarrassment that must have caused Rabbi Akiva. But what happened was, when he gets halfway up the tree, the Yetzirah reverts back to its spiritual nature and says to Rabbi Akiva, you thought that you were able to withstand the Yetzirah. You should know. If not for the fact that in Shemaim they consider you a great man, I wouldn't have considered you anything. And now, that incident, Rabbi Akiva did not actually do something wrong. It wasn't a physical person. It was the Yetzirah in disguise and he never even reached her. But, nevertheless, the intention was to do something wrong. And therefore, even if it didn't come to fruition, Rabbi Akiva saw in this pasuk that somebody who intended to do something wrong, even though he was spared and the Avera never actually materialized, he's responsible. And therefore, even though Rabbi Akiva didn't actually do an Avera, but nevertheless, he had the, so to speak, the Kharata, of somebody who had intended to do an Avera. And he saw in the Pasuk that needs Triva as well. That's the one incident which uh, affected Rabbi Akiva's personal life. The Gemara tells us another story too. And of course Rabbi Akiva in the first person. And the Gemara in Nazir says that Rabbi Akiva said the beginning of when I started to learn by the Chachamim in Yavne. I was traveling to Yavne. And on the way, I came across the corpse of a Jewish body, strewn in a field, a mace mitzvah, an abandoned body, no one there to bury, no one there to take care of it. So says Rabbi Akiva, I carried it on my, the corpse on my shoulders until I got to Yavne. Yavne had a Jewish cemetery, I thought I'd bury him in the Jewish cemetery. And he says when he arrives in Yavne, carrying this mace mitzvah, the Chachamim tell him, don't you know the halacha? And the halacha is that a mace mitzvah has to be buried exactly where he's found. He can't be moved. And therefore they tell Rabbi Akiva in a very sharp way that the entire journey you carried this mace to Yavne. And it's not easy to carry a mace. 
That was all the wrong thing to do. That was all in the very. He should have been buried where he was found. That's the second incident we told about Rabbi Kiva's life. And we can understand that those are the two reasons why these two psukim brought Rabbi Akiva to tears. The first one, that you see that a person who intended to do an Avera needs Kapara, even if they didn't actually do the Avera. And Rabbi Akiva learned from that to the first story in his own life. The time the Satan convinced him to want to do an Avera. Even though the Avera didn't happen, that already needs Kapara. And the second story, as Rabbi Akiva saw in the Pasuk, that a person who didn't intend to do an Avera, Yada, but for Oshem, an Avera happened, he's responsible for that. And therefore in the second incident, where Rabbi Akiva thought he was doing the right thing, he was bringing a dead body to burial, but unbeknownst to him, it was actually a mistake. That's a nice explanation of why Rabbi Akiva personally learned a lesson and from these two Gemaras and applied that lesson to himself personally. But if we look carefully at the Gemara, Rabbi Say, and we will, let's look at it again together. We'll see that's not what Rabbi Akiva was crying about. The Gemara doesn't say Rabbi Akiva cried because he saw in the parish of Nadarim that a lady who made a nether and broken nether needs kapara even though her husband had already annulled it. That's all, not, not what made Rabbi Akiva cry. Rabbi Akiva cried for something else. And the Gemara says Rabbi Akiva learned a kalvachimah. And Rabbi Akiva said, if somebody who intended to do an avera needs kapara even though the avera didn't happen, the lady who broke her nether needs kapara, even though actually the nether had already been annulled, then if that's the case, he says, somebody who intends to navera and did navera, how much more so they need kapara? He learned a kalvachim. That's what made him cry. And the same thing in the second Gemara. If somebody who didn't intend to do navera, but navera nevertheless came about, he needs, he's carrying the burden of the, of the avera, v'nasa avoinoi, then somebody who did intend to do an Avera, and Avera actually happened, Kalvachayma, he needs a Kapara. Kalvachayma has an Avera. And it's the Kalvachayma which brought Rabbi Akiva to cry. And that brings me to my question. Let's think a second, Rabbi Sir. Why do we need a Kalvachayma? A person who wants to do an Avera and does the Avera is culpable. That's the case of the person the Torah says gets punished. We need a Kalvachemah to prove that. We need to learn from the fact that a person who didn't intend to do an Avera, but an Avera happened is responsible, that the person who did intend to do an Avera and an Avera happened is responsible. That's obvious. Why does it need a Kalvachemah? Dvarim Pshutim, a person who intended to do an Avera and does an Avera, that's the person the Torah is Mechaev the most. Why does Rabbi Akiva need, Rabbi Akiva need a Kalvachim to teach that to me? And what about this Kalvachim? It was something which brought Rabbi Akiva to tears. What new point did he learn here? Why wouldn't we have thought such a person was culpable? I looked 
I looked in the Mepharshim, both in Kedushin and in Nazir, where this Gemara appears. I didn't find someone to ask the question. Why do we need a Kalvachim? Why isn't it obvious? And therefore I'd like to suggest the following. Of course, a person who intends to do a certain Avera, and he does the Avera, in the example of the Gemara, a person who intends to eat a piece of not kosher meat, and he goes and eats it, that's the Torah says, you're responsible for the Avera you did. That needs no Kalvachimah. But Rabbi Kiva was taking on something else. And that is, he said, I see, let's take the first case first. I see in the case of Nadarim that a lady who thought she was breaking her nether, she thought she was doing something wrong, needs kapara even if it turns out that she didn't do anything wrong. So I see that for her intention to do something wrong, she, deserves, she needs kapara. Then if that's the case, what would you say in the case of a person who intended to do one thing wrong? But really what happened was something else they never thought about. Could they say, we intended to do our very one. We had no intention to do our very two. And therefore we're not responsible for our very two. Says Rabbi Akiva, no. If a person intends to do a very one, they're already rechayi kapara. Even if nothing went wrong, then if they intend to do a very one and a very two happens, kal kapara. If they chayiv for the intention to do a very when no a happens, then they definitely chayiv for the intention to do a very, even for a different a from the one that they intended, and that's his chiddush. Of course, if a person sets out to do an Avera and does the Avera he sets out to do, that's for sure his Chayv. It needs no Kalvu What Rabbi Akiva learned is that a person's Chayv for an Avera they intended to do, even if it never happened. And if that's the case, that a person's Chayv for the, the attempt to do an Avera, they Chayv for a second Avera which happened even more. And the same thing on the second limit. If a person didn't intend to do something wrong, and something wrong happens, then they chayev. Then if that's the case, if a person does intend to do something wrong, they're more culpable. Even if the thing which happens wrong wasn't the original intention that they had. But nevertheless, you see a person's responsible for the results of an action, even when there wasn't intention, then Kalvachayim, a person is responsible for the results of the action when there was a negative intention. But that doesn't just mean for the Avera that he did. It means he has intended to do one thing wrong. And something else instead happens. He's responsible for that too. He's not blameless. So now we understand the Chiddush of Rabbi Akiva. What he saw in his Psukim. Why did that bring him to cry? Why did this affect him so personally? So with this background, we can understand the result. We know that one of the biggest tragedies that Klai Yisrael faced in the time of the second Korban 
was the martyrdom of the Ten Arugay Malos. Ten of our greatest Tanoim, leaders of Klai Yisrael, who were killed in such a brutal and barbaric fashion. And why did it happen? Why did it happen? Chazal tell us, but really the, it's put in the words of the Piyot we say in Yom Kippur, that the Roman governor told them, he said, your ancestors sold their brother. Your ancestors sold their brother. And the Torah's penalty for selling a, for a brother is to be put to death. And he said, and if they were here, I would have judged them, they're not. And therefore, accept on your, in place of them the guilt of your, of your ancestors. And that's ex- exactly what the, so to speak, the indictment against them in Shemaim was. Mechiras Yosef. The brothers were responsible for selling Yosef. It was a terrible crime. And had never yet been miskaper, had never yet been atoned for. And therefore, the Asara Harugi Malchus, by dying al Kiddush Hashem, came to atone for the sin of Mechiraz Yasef. That's enough from Chazal. The Rizal takes it a step further. And he says the ten martyrs, the ten Tanoim who died al Kiddush Hashem, were the Gilgulim of the ten brothers. They came back to be, so to speak, to get their chuva, to get their kapara. And he reveals to us that the brother most responsible in the cell of Yosef was Shimon. When Yosef came to visit them, and it says, The dream has come, let's kill him. That was Shimon talking to Levi. And since he was the one who originally had the idea to attack Yosef, he is considered the most responsible. Says the Arizal, Rabbi Akiva was the Gilgal of Shimon. And therefore, he realized that He's brought, he's brought back to be Mechaper the Avera of Shimon who wanted to kill Yosef. But when it came to the story of Yosef, it's true the brothers, brothers plotted and schemed to kill him or to sell him. But Hashem orchestrated incidents that Yosef came out on top. He became the ruler of Mitzrayim. All the brothers became dependent on him. And Yosef himself, in his words of Musa to his brothers, he says to them, Atem You thought bad, Hashem thought good. You wanted me to die or to suffer, HaKadosh Baruch Hu engineered events, that I would be the one to save you. And if that's the case, here we have a case of people who intended to do an Avera. And yet, HaKadosh Baruch Hu changed things that that very never happened. Do they need a kapara? That's what Rabbi Akiva saw here. A lady who thought that she was doing something wrong. In reality, she wasn't. The husband had already been battled the nether. 
But nevertheless, Hashem Hashem needs to forgive her. The intention to do something wrong, even if it doesn't come to fruition, already needs trouble. The brother's intention to tell Yosef, even though the Maisa Kodesh Baruch orchestrated events, that was good. But that wasn't their intention. It needs trouble. But Rabbi Kiva's Kalvachem is even more chilly. They don't just need trouble for the intention of what they tried to do, that they wanted to sell Yosef. Really, the sale of Yosef was planting the seeds of the Khurban. The sale of Yosef was the nascent beginning of the undercurrent of Stinas Chinam. Of undue hatred between brothers. And it took until the time of the second Baisa Migdash for that bitter seed which had been planted to blossom into the fruit of destruction. That's why the Asara Ruge Malchus were killed after the Khurban of the second Baisa Migdash. That was the result of that original aver of the brothers. That wasn't what they intended. They hadn't thought that they were going to, but what they were doing, were planting the seeds of destruction for Klai Yisrael. They thought they were selling Yosef. But Rabbi Akiva learns a Kalvachimer, and that is if a person who thinks they're doing something wrong is responsible, even if they didn't do anything wrong, then Kalvachimer, a person is responsible if they think they're doing wrong, for the wrong it actually gets done. It's true that it's not what they had in mind, but what's the difference? They intended to do something wrong. They're responsible for the results of what they do. And if that's the case, Rabbi Akiva, who lived to see 20,000, 24,000 Talmudim die because of Sinas Chinam. And Rabbi Akiva, who lived to see a Khurban of the entire Klai Yisrael because of Sinas Chinam. And destruction of the Besamikdash. Where does the responsibility begin? Who's taking the Achrayas for that? The brothers who sold Yosef. Somebody who intends to do an Avera. And an Avera happens, Allah has come of a come of their responsible. And Bokhar Rabbi Akiva. Rabbi Akiva cries. Because he realizes, if that's the case, we're going to have to pay the price for the sins of the brothers. As indeed happened. The Sarah Malchus were killed by the same Romans who destroyed the base of Mikdash. And was Just like the brothers acted cruelly to a brother when they wanted to kill and eventually sell Yosef, so we were forced to suffer the cruelty of our brother Asa. That was the lesson Rabbi Akiva learned, and that's what brought him to tears. But there's a second part to the Gemara also. On the second level of Rabbi Akiva, somebody who didn't intend to do something wrong, but something bad happened, Venasa Avoina, he carries the responsibility for that. And Isi Ben Yudah says, This is something that every person should be worried about. And we ask, what's Isi Ben Yudah got to add? What's he coming to say? 
So this is not a Chiddush of Ma'an. I'm just I'm going to read you another Gemara. Gemara about the story of Isi ben Yehuda. The Gemara is in Nida and the Lamed Vav Amud Beis. And the Gemara tells us the following story. Isi ben Yehuda was a Talmud of the greater Meirah Rav. There was a certain ruling that Rav had told Isi ben Yehuda. And there was another student of Rav, his name was Rav Shila Baravina, who was acting differently. Not in keeping with the ruling of Rav that he had told Isi ben Yehud. And the Gemara says, before Rav died, he called in Isi ben Yehuda, and he said to him, go to Shila Baravina, and tell him that I held that what he's doing is wrong, he should stop doing it. And the Russian of the Gemara is, and Eloi Tzais, if he doesn't listen to you, Gadye. Gadye. What does the word Gadye mean? So the way Isi ben Yehud understood the word was the word trap him down. Like good to Ilana. In other words, doesn't listen to you, put him in Kherim. What Rav meant to say was Gadye, convince him. From the word to draw something out. It's also with the same shirish in Aramaic to be guide It was to convince someone, to draw them in. In other words, if he doesn't accept what you're saying to him, what Rav meant was convince him that he should. What Isi Ben Yehuda heard Rav say was if he doesn't listen, guide Put him in khair. What happens? So after Rav dies, he goes to, Isi goes to this other Talmud Shila Baravina. And he says, Rav said you shouldn't do that. And Shira Bayavina says, if Rav would have not held what I was doing, he should have told me himself. I was also a student of Rav. And therefore he didn't listen. Okay. So yes, he thinks he's following his teacher's orders. He puts him in khair. So Shira Bayavina says to him, Belay mistap, You're putting a Talmud Chacham into khair, but you're not scared of the repercussions that's going to have in Shemaim. And Isi says, no. I'm an Isi Bar Yehuda. I'm strong. And he plays in the word Isi. And he says, I'm an Asisa de Nechasha. I'm like a peg of Nechasha, of copper. I'm strong. Nothing's going to move me. I'm not prepared to retract the Khair. So, Rav Shira Baravino took offense. And as we know, the danger of wronging, slanting the honor of a Talmud Chacham. And the Gemara says what happened was, Chodash of Isi. Isi got sick. And in the end, Nach Nashin, he died. And now let's go back to what Isi ben Yehuda said in the Gemara. What did he die for? What did he do wrong? He thought he was following the rule, the, the rulings of, the de- of Rav that he gave him on his deathbed. And yet he was punished so severely. A person doesn't realize they're doing something wrong. But something wrong happens, they're responsible for it. In the case of Isi ben Yehuda, he didn't think he was doing something wrong. He thought he was following his teacher's direction. But something wrong happened. And the Talmud Chacham was put into Chayim when that shouldn't have been the case. 
You're going to take the responsibility of the Aver. And maybe this is something a person has to be worried about. There was no intention to do wrong. But if what's going to happen is something wrong is going to take place, you take responsibility for that. That's something everyone has to be careful about. That was the dying lesson of Isi himself. And now let's go back to where we started. We've underst- we understand what Rabbi Akiva, or Isi when you heard they learned from this Gemara. We understood that it was a lesson that they took from or to their own lives. But now let's go back to Pashas Nadar. And we said a person who takes on a commitment, a nether, it's normally coming from the best of intentions. A person is trying to improve, a person is trying to better themselves. A person is looking at the nether as a way to defeat the Yetzirah. But taking on a nether is making a new Ischaibus. And even though a person at the time didn't intend to break that Ischaibus, even though at the time a person didn't intend to go against their nether. But if that's what's going to happen, the person's responsible. You created the situation of the Avera. It could be like in the first name of Rabbi Akiva. That the person does something wrong, even if it comes out that it wasn't really an Avera. Like the case of the lady is husband to Nal Havel. But it doesn't make a difference. Her intention was she was doing something wrong. The intention of making a nether is making a ischaibus. That if a person can't keep up with, they're blamed for their intention. Why did you make the nether? And the second case as well. Even if a person didn't realize when they made the nether, they wouldn't be able to keep it. yada. But it doesn't make a difference. Because if, if, as a result of what a person did, that's what set up the mistake. That's what set up the reason for the very to happen. They're responsible for that too. And therefore, this Gemara, even though it's looking at incidents of Rabbi Akiva's life, of Isi's life, but it gives us the outlook to the parish of Nadar. A person doesn't realize when they take on a nether what the ramifications of the nether might be. A person doesn't realize when he takes on the nether what the circumstances might present him which he won't be able to maintain that nether. That's not a ptur. That's not a reason to be forgiven. Even if he is la yada, but if, the, if, as, if he was the result of an avera venasa avayna, then you take responsibility for that. And that's what Chazal is saying. The option of the darim is there. Don't be too quick to use it. Because don't create for yourself the possibility of an Avera which a person is responsible for even if they never foresaw it coming. Even if they didn't realize what they were going to do wrong. That is the Hiris which we see in general. The responsibility a person has for what they plan to do or even the responsibility of what a person has for what they did without planning. And that, by, def- by extension, should be the Zahiris we have before we come to the Pasha of Nadari. Even without being aware of what the consequences may be. But if there are consequences, we are responsible.